everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. This one is slightly, maybe a little more than slightly. It's, it's somewhat, it's arguably unconventional in that I do not have a guest today. It is just you and me and your questions and some just mere everyone's that we might have time to get to or we might not. I took questions on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. So I am, I'm sitting in a pool of questions. I'm dipping my toes in a jacuzzi of questions. There's a veritable fountain. What I'm saying is there's a fuckload of questions and I won't be able to get to all of them, but I'm going to try to get to as many of them as possible. First, some stuff at the top. Reminder, uh, my book is coming out, Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me, coming out April 10th. It'll be available for pre-order March 21st. I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasts uh, to promote it. So just just get ready. It's just going to be an onslaught of me or a slight trickle of me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the degree of me we're talking about, but there's just going to be more of me, which is exciting. Um, and I will, as soon as the pre-order link is available, I will get that out to all of you. I'll personally knock on your door and then I'll do a like, doo, 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 which is just me heralding a link and then I'll tell you the URL I'm not sure what time of day I'll be dropping by so if you could be ready all the time that would be wonderful before I dive into questions though I need to talk to you guys about Dr. Laura Schlesinger I don't make a habit of listening to her because she's a bitch Uh, I don't know her personally but I know her impersonally enough to make that judgment. Um, But anyway, I heard a little bit of her show yesterday on Sirius, and I can't get it out of my head. And maybe that's how you make good radio by just being a firebrand and being super controversial and saying horrendous things. I think it actually is. Um, Which sometimes is why my like, I'm very diplomatic, I can see all sides of a thing. And I have compassion. I'm like, I don't know how far that's going to get me. Although I don't know how to be anything else. What can I say? I'm cursed with just being a lovely, wonderful person. But anyway, so, okay, Laura Schlesinger. Um, It's a call-in show, Dr. Laura. I, in general, like, she is this way and Judge Judy is this way, although Judge Judy is doing kind of a different thing. But I feel like they are so abrasive and they prey on people's weaknesses and people become nervous and deferential around them. And then they, like, like feed on that and lay into the person. And I, and first of all, I don't like that. I, if it's a call in show, I prefer someone that has an element of compassion. If anyone remembers 600 years ago, there was a woman, I think she was a psychiatrist or psychologist, psychologist named Marilyn Kagan. And she had a show. It was sort of in the Sally, Jesse, Raphael time block. I'm talking now to my older fans uh, I liked her. She was gentle. She seemed nice. You'd want to get a coffee with her. Um, I think Dr. Drew can be compassionate. He also can be a little abrasive. Uh, but in general, he's more on the compassionate side. So anyway, Dr. Laura, like a, a lot of the stuff with the calling in is like, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're going to make that choice, I don't know what to tell you. I, what, what are you asking me? Why are you asking me? I don't know what to tell you. And it's like, lady, 
they are asking you probably because you put out a call for questions. But anyway, uh, so someone calls in and says that her son, who is seven, is starting to ask questions about male parts and female parts. And she doesn't know what to tell him. Like she doesn't know how to have this conversation. And her husband was like, why don't, and by the way, okay, horrendous accent is about to happen. Horrendous accent alert. So she asked her husband, and he was like, this is her talking now, like, why don't you call Dr. Laura? She'll know. (sighs) I tried to warn you guys. Um, Yeah, so she doesn't quite know how to have, like, what to tell her son about this. So she's called Dr. Laura, because Dr. Laura will know what to say. I forgot to do that one ahead of time. So first of all, Dr. Laura beats her up with like, why is this a problem? Why is this a problem for you? This is your, which it's true. It is the woman's embarrassment, not her son's embarrassment, but still be human. Um, so like, why is this a problem for you? Why? You know, just it's your embarrassment, not his. I don't, this is like, frankly, this worries me. So push past that. Uh, and then, you know, she's like, just tell him, just tell him. And then the woman is like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I do want to have an open and honest. We believe in having an open and honest relationship with our son. That's like kind of in line with what I was thinking. Do-do-do. I should have done that before warning you of the terrible accent. And then Dr. Laura's like, bop, 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 like cuts her off. By the way, I haven't even gotten to the best part, which I'm just going to lop off the suspense here. The part where Dr. Laura explains that she put the fear of abortion into her five-year-old son's mind. That's where this is headed. But, and she believes that's, I'll get to that. Uh, so anyway, already lost my train of thought, you guys. This is what happens. This is what happens. I got so distracted. So she's like, I, I don't want open and honest. I'm, this is Dr. Laura now. I'm not asking for open and honest. Open and honest is, open and honest is you say everything that comes into your mind. That's bad. Um, you know, I'm just saying appropriate information. Just like, don't you get what the woman's saying? She's nervous and she's just sort of doesn't know quite know what to say. Anyway, so Dr. Laura explains that when her son was five, he had these questions and she had the full conversation with him when he was five. She sat him down with pictures and then she explains that she sat him down, showed him pictures, line pictures. I'm like, Dr. Laura, the word you are looking for is drawings. She kept saying pictures, line pictures, but meant drawings. So she explained all of that to her son. Quote, unquote, she explained, quote, unquote, inners and outers, which is interesting. Um, And then she explained sex to him. And she said that she believes that if you're, that you can't have it, you shouldn't have a discussion about sex without placing it in a moral context. And then I'm like, well, here we go. Um, so she said to him that you should only have sex. Now, mind you, he's five. Five. You should only have sex when you're married because then when, when you're married, both the man and the woman can take care of the baby, which like I believe in, like I sort of get where she's going. But anyway, uh, both the man and the woman can take care of the baby because imagine if you don't have your own, if you don't have a, a building, which is a house, I, this is what she said. Uh, if you don't have your own house and you don't have a job when you're married, how can you take care of that baby? And if you have, and then she said that she also told him about abortion when he was five. 
And she said that she explained to him that if you have sex before you're married and you guys can't take care of the baby, then, and I forget who, like if it was that the woman can choose to do this or someone will do this to the woman, but then they'll take the baby out of the woman's stomach. And her five-year-old son said, what happened to the baby? And she explained, they'll kill it. And she made a point of really driving this image into his head and they haven't had any problems since. However, now she's like belly aching over when she's going to become a grandparent. And I'm thinking, well, no shit. You scared the hell out of your kids. They're going to be staying away from this whole enterprise for quite a while. I don't know how old they are now. Apparently they're working on their careers. Anyway, I just think regardless of where you stand on abortion, I personally am pro-choice, but this is not about what you should think. Regardless, I think it is awful to talk to a five-year-old about quote-unquote killing a baby. It's going to freak them out. That's, it's, me, it's mean and it is cruel. Talk about giving your kids the amount of knowledge that they can handle at the age-appropriate amount of knowledge Anything involving the words killing a baby is way, way too much for a child. So Dr. Laura, shove it up your butt. All right, let's move on to some questions. Okay, like I said, I have so many here, I don't know where to start. I'm going to start with some that came on Instagram, and you can find me at Allison Rosen on Instagram. It occurs to me that if we're going to answer questions, we got to hear the question jingle. When we ask, they send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans Starting with the hard-hitting question Usual Weirdo says When was the last time you had a different hairstyle? When I was in sixth grade I had chin-length hair And I have been growing it out ever since I did cut bangs when I was... 14 or so. And uh, my dad thought this was a huge mistake. I think I've talked before about my dad's opinions of my hair having a ridiculous effect on me at a young age and how sometimes I feel like I'm very much a grown woman who still has long straight hair because I know that that is like my dad's favorite hairstyle and that's gross. It's and I don't mean to suggest anything inappropriate about it. I'm just I just happen to know that that's like my mom doesn't even have long straight hair anymore. She got past this. Why can't I? That being said, I think about getting a bob all the time. But then I was looking at pictures of actresses and I was looking at, at one who had her hair in a bob, and then, but I don't know if it's a wig or not. Um, I'll just tell you, it's Anna Tor from Mindhunter. Her hair is in a bob on that show, and I was looking at other pictures of her, and when she had long blonde hair, she looked really different, and arguably, I don't want to make a judgment about it, but it's like just a very different look. So I do think that I look best with long straight hair, and yet I would like to make a change. Okay, 
Jula Allen says, I've always wondered, what's your mood after wrapping a podcast? I'm an introvert and a please don't make me leave the house person since it always drains me. Do you need recovery time? Do you sit and stew over the podcast you've just recorded? Good question. I usually feel much better and energized after a podcast. I tend, I am an introvert and I tend to have that, like, please don't make me leave the house, even though I record at home, feeling before a podcast, like, oh, and uh, like I get a little bit like, oh, I wish, I wish, I, I hope no one hears that and has their feelings hurt. Um, because I'm always so happy. It's just that it's like with any job, even if you love your job, there's a little bit of like, it'd be great to not have to work today. Um, you know, for me, especially the Monday show, which this one is replacing this week, I need to be listening at such an intense level and really sort of, this is a little, uh, self-aggrandizing, but I feel like I am like, I go into another zone when I'm interviewing and just like really sort of soaking up every bit of, of the person's energy and feelings. And I'm sort of guide. It's like a very intuitive where I go with questions is an intuitive thing more than it is cerebral and it's just a g- guided by feelings and i'm someone for for someone who overthinks as much as i do i think i'm truly like in the zone like a musician when they're playing music when i am doing that when i am interviewing like i'm not thinking about anything else in my life i am just i try at least to just be very present very in the moment with the person And I think it's good for me to be shaken out of the shit that's in my head normally and and to plug in on that level and to work. Like I think that it's necessary for human beings to work. So I always feel invigorated afterwards, which is funny because isn't that actually the definition of an extrovert, someone who gets energy from other people? But I don't think I'm – it's not – yeah, it's weird because I've been thinking about that lately that when I go out and see people, I feel much better about everything afterwards. So I don't know if that would suggest I'm turning into an extrovert or if that would suggest there's just not enough extroverted behavior in my life right now. But anyway, that is how I feel after Monday shows. I always, always, I don't think there's an exception, always feel better. Beforehand, I'm I'm dreading it a little bit. And then afterwards, I feel better. I feel like everything's okay in my life. Whereas before I will get into a, like, just, I don't know, like, I I imagine like anyone that thing of like, things aren't not things aren't what they're supposed to be. Like, I just begin to just feel just depression, like applied to the wrong kind of things. Um, After the Thursday show, because we record that in the evening, and because I'm now on a schedule where I wake up early to be with Elliot, um, I am usually somewhat stressed about getting everything done that I need to get done and getting to bed on time. And because we just recorded, my brain's kind of like lit up. So it's harder for me to go to sleep. So 
I wouldn't, I don't have that sense of calm after a Thursday show. I have a like, oh shit, and another like sort of revved up feeling. But in general, I do, it is like hanging out with friends. So I do feel better. Occasionally after a Thursday show, I, because my husband is on the show, like if something was said that I knew might have bothered him, then I will feel weird about it um, in a way that I wouldn't, like I take on the emotion, I take on his emotions in a way that I wouldn't if he was just a guest on the show. But because we're married, there's this extra facet of balancing this extra thing. So sometimes it'll be a perfectly good show. There will be something that I know bothered him, whether he's saying it or not, or I will worry that it did. And then I'll feel weird about that. But I feel like that's just normal marital stuff that happens to also be on the podcast. Okay. John B. 09181. No, sorry, John B. 0918 says, I'd be interested to hear about your time at Fox News. Were you ever pressured to toe the conservative line? So I was never an employee of Fox News. I started going on Red Eye. I was friends with Bill Schultz. I knew Greg. And uh, I think I've told this before, but I'll, I, will, I will tell it again because it's amusing to me. I was going on local news every Saturday morning and talking about events going on in the city for Time Out New York, where I was an editor. And I was representing Time Out New York. And um, I was good. And so other networks and channels started having me come on to do various segments from the magazine. Because the magazine uh, liked that they had someone who was good and wanted to go. And then the different networks liked me. And it was everything was coming up roses for me. And I was like, I am God's gift to local news, to television in general. That's how I felt. So then my friend Bill Schultz, who worked at various magazines and who I knew from magazines, told me that his friend Greg Gutfeld, who I had not met but I had heard of for years from the magazine world, was starting this show at Fox News. And I thought, like as this TV veteran in my own mind, like, <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Uh, the entitlement of youth. Um and then that turned into Fox, uh, not Fox, it turned into Red Eye, which was on for many years and was great. And I had so much fun. I went on that show a ton. I had so much fun on that show. And so then I started doing Red Eye and then other Fox News programs would ask me to come on. So I did Fox and Friends a few times. I did Geraldo. What else? Oh, and I did Hannity. The only time I was ever pressured to be a conservative, and I don't even know if I would say this was pressured to be a conservative, but before we went on air, Hannity said to me, so are you conservative? And before I answered, he said, it'd be better if you were, the audience would like you more. And I laughed and I said, <laughs> I'm not really. So that was that. Um, I am just not the most outspoken, pol politically outspoken person. And I don't have that eye of the tiger, I want to duke it out on air kind of thing. I wish I did more. Because I do definitely have political opinions. I am liberal. Um, but I'm not, I'm not good at like getting, I don't, or I don't feel the most comfortable getting into a war of political words with someone on the opposing side. Because I feel like 
a tactic is to throw a ton of factoids at you, which you are unfamiliar with and you don't have time to verify them on air. So you're just like, okay, I guess what you're saying is true, except I suspect that you are sort of massaging the stats, which usually they are. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's like, it's just not, it's not where I flourish. So anyway, I think that there was, I remember talking with one of the anchors who I like a lot about like, you should go on and you should become like the liberal Ann Coulter. And I really wanted to be able to do that, but I just, it's not in my blood. All right. Katie Kaur says, what happened with Elliot's allergies? Updates on your pod with Greg Fitzsimmons. Starting with the Greg Fitzsimmons thing. There's been a lot of questions about that. We are still 100% doing our parenting and other stuff podcast called Childish. Just today, we were going back and forth about the logo and about the lyrics to the theme song. The theme song is highly catchy. It is stuck in my head. We just have to nail the lyrics down. So that will be coming. Do not worry. And in terms of Elliot's allergies, he had a react a delayed reaction to a peanut product for anyone who doesn't know the background of this. And his pediatrician thought he's probably allergic to peanuts. And I was thinking, get out. The irony after sitting on a show with someone who doesn't believe in peanut allergies the whole time, what are the chances that my son would actually have peanut allergies? But there were things about his reaction that didn't, it didn't quite make sense because my understanding was a food allergy is fairly instant. He didn't start violently throwing up and until a couple hours later. You guys, I had to hit pause in the middle of that because there was mayhem over here. Uh, Wendy, my dog, was on a dog walk. I tend to schedule dog walks for her when I'm recording so she isn't barking in the background. And then I got a text from the dog walker saying that uh, could she borrow some baby wipes because Wendy rolled in poo, which she has never done. It's a very dog-like behavior, but... I like to think Wendy's more than a dog, uh, but not today. But anyway, then she, the dog walker had walked her by a car wash and borrowed a hose there and hosed her off, but then she still smelled. So they got, we, they got home, and that's when I hit pause in the middle of, by the way, long story short, turns out Elliot, I don't think, has allergies. We got him allergy tested, not for everything though, but... Um, and by the way, the test results already been a hundred percent, but he had no reaction to peanuts. So I think he's, I think he doesn't have allergies. I'm still not sure what that reaction was that day. Anyway, uh, she still smelled. So we had to give her a quick bath in the middle of this recording. Somewhat grossed out by her right now. I'm also grossed out by the dog owner who didn't pick up after their dog and left a pile of steaming. I don't know if it's, uh. I don't know if it was steaming. By the way, speaking of Greg Gutfeld earlier, he told me that as a magazine editor, when people would say, like, talk about a steaming pile, he would always remove steaming because it just made it too visceral. So there you go. I feel like a pile of crap or steaming pile of crap. They're both disgusting. All right. Tank Girl 79 says, as a fellow Rosenator, that's someone who overthinks. Rosinating is overthinking. I didn't invent the term. I, my friends did. And not with love. Maybe a little with love. Uh, I'm keen to know how you decided to try for another kid. P.S. Solo Show is a great idea. Well, thank you, although you haven't heard the full solo show yet. Um, 
the plan from the beginning was always to try for more than one kit. That's why I did so many egg retrievals because at a certain point, our doctor said that you probably have enough embryos for one kid, but um, then I was like, well, are you know, is it better for us to collect the embryos now when I'm old or later when I'm even older? And so that's why we did it then. Yeah. And so that was the plan. Oh, it was always for two kids. And we'll see if that is borne out. A lot of questions about my hair. Gidget Grimaldo. Do you ever consider letting your hair go wavy or curly again? I do consider it sometimes. It's weird to me that Daniel has never seen me with curly hair. He's also never seen me drunk. He doesn't know the real me. I consider it every now and again. The thing is, it wasn't just wavy curly. It was very frizzy or it is very frizzy. So it's like, do I want to walk around with a pile of frizz all the time masquerading as hair? Maybe one day I will. I think about it. It just to look it it took so much upkeep to look good because I would need to use um, like a a styling, a sculpting lotion, a styling lotion. I remember the hairstylist and her assistant referring to it as a sliquid. And I was like, that is not a real word at all. And I'm going to think about it for the next 20 years. So I would have to use a sliquid. I can't even say it. It's too silly. Um, And then a diffuser. So I put this goop in my hair, something that was a little, you know, (laughs) Sliquidy, <laughs> and then scrunch and diffuse. And if I overshot the mark by using too much product, I had crispy, wet-looking hair for the rest of the day. And it only looked good. And and if I did it right, it only looked good for one day. The next day, I would wake up and my curls were doing all sorts of weird, wrong things. So then I would try to like wet individual pieces of it. And it was just a mess. I had to do it every day. It it took a long time. It actually takes less time to have straight hair. Mantooth says, Allison, thanks for giving us an opportunity to ask you. Well, you are welcome. You ask you questions. Have you and Daniel ever considered relocating to another state like Jenna and Al? And if so, which one? I consider relocating to New York all the time. Not a true relocation in the sense of like, oh, I could relocate for work and there's already a job waiting for me and they'll pay my moving expenses. More of a, oh, I miss living there. It would be fun to live there. How can I get there again? However, Daniel has made it clear that he has no desire to live there. If something happened where it made sense in our lives for us to go there, which I think means like a a, a great job and a ton of money, the kind of money you would need to raise a kid there and for it not to not be super hard, which is, I think, a lot of money, then he would, I don't think he would stand in the way of it, but he has no desire. So, so there you go. Um, Jenna and Al moving to Atlanta and liking it as much as they do and knowing how much industry is there does make me think like, are we missing out? <laughs> should we just get up? Should we just up and move there? But Daniel's job is based here. So whereas I, my job is based here and this is where the, you know, many podcast guests are. So it's great that I'm here, but in theory, I really could do it from anywhere if I could find, you know, enough people to come on the podcast. But Daniel does not have that luxury, at, you know, presently. So, so we'll probably die here. 
And uh, Beanie Smith says, do you still talk to Jenna regularly? I do. We text and talk uh, very frequently. Okay. Those were some questions from Instagram. I will now take some questions from Facebook. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Caleb Garcia, did you ever get starstruck on the Adam Carolla show? Not really. It's weird how it just became normal that every day I will probably see someone that I used to see on television all the time. It was cool, though. You know, it was always exciting to see who the guest would be. I think the but but like I said, it just became like, oh, this is part of the job. I see all these familiar faces all the time. So I don't think it was starstruck. Um, But I remember the very the I think the very first week that I had the job, Harry Hamlin came in and that was this like, oh my God, it's just going to be household names all the time. Like Harry Hamlin. I find that amusing. Jennifer Zinn O'Brien. Do you ever in fact become new best friends with any of your guests or feel like you are and then realize afterwards, oh, we're not going to ever get together as friends and feel sad. Sometimes there's a period of time following the podcast where I will feel like I just had this really intimate shared experience with a guest and I will want to continue talking to them. So there will be a few jokey emails exchanged or a few texts exchanged. I'm trying to think if I've ever become friends. Well, I'm friends with Christina Pajitsky and I think that was a friendship that grew out of podcasting. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I know with Paul F. Tompkins, I was like, I just want to be real life. Fr- I very much just want to be real life friends with him. Um, I really like him. I, like, I really feel a kinship with everyone that comes on the show. But those are the people that are jumping out to me right now. I also remember even saying on the show with Jake Fogel, not Jake Fogelnest, um, with, uh, oh my God, what the fuck's his name? The guy from corporate, Jake something. Is his name even Jake or is it Mike? Oh, wow. Now I wish Jeff were right here to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Hang on, you guys. Jake Weissman. I remember saying to him that I wanted to be real life friends with him. It hasn't happened yet, though, but it still could. I also would like to take this time to tell you guys about Care.com. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Join for free as a basic member and start searching for great local caregivers. Once you upgrade to premium membership, you can reach out to them, schedule interviews, and even book and pay for care online through the app. And it's great because it's not, it's, it's babysitters, it's tutors, it's dog walkers, it's uh, it's um, you know, people to like stay stay in your house while you go on vacation, and it's housekeepers. Specifically, let's talk about housekeepers for a moment. The last thing you want to do at the end of a long day is clean. Quit pushing off the cleaning chores and hire a housekeeper instead. Did you just bring home a newborn baby? How did you know? Just kidding. I, I don't have a newborn, but I do have a baby. If so, things can get hectic. Hire a housekeeper to help keep things tidy. Hairballs rolling around the house. Pets can put a strain on cleanliness too. Ugh, 
Is that ever the case today? Wendy. Book a housekeeper with Care.com to help keep things clean. Complete that to-do list faster. Hire a helper to get meal prep, laundry, and errands off your hands. Um, and the premium membership is really great because like, I can find so many housekeeping service providers right by my home just when I put in my zip code. And then Care.com provides me with the tools, background checks, reference checks, qualifications, and certifications when searching for a potential caregiver. It's great, too. There's videos uh, of the different caregivers. Now, I, I don't think they all have supplied this, but many of them have. So you can watch a video and you really get a, a video of them, you know, kind of explaining their background and their philosophy, etc. And you really get a sense of who you might be hiring. I have a premium membership and you should get one too. To save 30% off a care.com premium membership, visit care.com slash best friend when you subscribe. That's care.com slash best friend for 30% off a premium membership. All right, let's now, boy, there's so many questions here. You guys are the best with the questions. I've got Twitter questions, I've got Patreon questions. Let's do Patreon questions. When we ask, we send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for bonus material. There's different reward levels. There's uh, bonus episodes. There's an exclusive interactive live stream. There's merch in the mail. So much access to me. You'll be begging me to leave you alone. It's super fun. Okay. Julie says, because I had said that I might do some news stories, but I have too many questions to actually do news stories. But uh, this is relating to a news story. How do you feel about Barbara Streisand cloning her dog? If it were affordable, would you ever clone a pet? So the story came out that Barbara Streisand paid a bazillion dollars. I feel like it was like 50000 It might have been more to clone her beloved dog. And she now has two of that dog's clones. And so many people were jumping down her throat. Understandably, like it does scream, scream white privilege. That doesn't have to be white, though. It just screams. It screams money to clone your pet instead of just going and adopting one of the many available needy pets from a shelter. That being said, I didn't jump into the fray here, but part of me wanted to say something like, come on, can't you understand loving your pet so much that if you had the means to try to keep that pet alive forever, wouldn't you do it? I think it is understandable. It's understandable that the the grief you experience when you lose a pet is would be so intense that you would try to do something to mitigate against that. So I totally understand it. And if it actually were a way to really clone your pet and I had the money to do it, I probably would be tempted to do it. However, I would never actually do it because you just get a physical clone of the animal. You don't like Barbara Streisand even said that, that um, the, the clones look like her. The, the, I think Sammy was the name of the dog that she lost. Um, they look like her, but they have their own personalities. So it's not really, it's not really an effective way to keep your dog going forever. And also I have older twin brothers who are, they're identical twins, which basically means I think, I think they have the exact same DNA and they don't look, they look when, when you know they're twins, they look like twins, but they don't look like 
identical. Like they're, one's a little bit taller than the other. You can tell them apart quite easily when they were younger, less so. But that just goes to show that you could get the exact same DNA, clone your dog, and that dog could end up being an inch taller than the original dog. That's actually not the biggest, not, not you know, a huge deal. But I'm, I'm just, I'm making a joke. But what I'm saying is, I don't even think it's guaranteed that the animal will look exactly like your animal. But I do understand not wanting to let go. In fact, after Oliver died, for a little while, I was like, I, because taxidermy is something that has always grossed me out and freaked me out. But for a little while, I was like, I can understand the desire to like taxidermize your pet. Because then, because it's that ache of like, I miss holding this little guy. I just, I'm just aching without his physical presence in the world. And if he were taxidermied, then his physical presence would be in the world. However, I don't really wish I had done that. Um, I think that the way that those are not the, like the, all the ways in which taxidermy looks artificial, particularly those eyes, um, I think that would get to me. And in the words of my dad, you have to let go. And then in the words of my therapist, who made him the authority? (laughs) Oh, I have issues. Jordan Hartman says, most awkward moment with a guest. I had Art Alexakis from the band Everclear on my show, and I had interviewed him years before for Rolling Stone. And he was, I would say, kind of prickly. I don't know if he was in a bad mood that day. I don't know what it was. But whatever my line of questioning was on the phone with him years before for Rolling Stone, he was like, I've already answered that. And he got really upset with me. And, um, and I did not enjoy the experience of him being upset with me. And I, we were getting a so I think I was a little bit worried about how's it going to go. He wouldn't, I knew that he wasn't going to remember me because this was like one phone interview out of his, he was also on a plane when we were doing the phone interview. And I remember him asking, does that have alcohol in it about like chocolate or something? I overheard that, but so anyway, you know, maybe he was frazzled while flying while being offered liquor filled chocolates or whatever it was. I, I knew that he wouldn't remember me, but I was just worried that is he going to be, you know, he, he has an edge. He could have an edge, but I met him again and he seemed so nice. So anyway, I was a little worried about it, but then we were getting along so well that I decided to bring it up. And it became very awkward as soon as I brought it up. I don't know what I thought I was going to, I don't know how I imagined it was going to go, but I remember bringing it up and then saying, I wish I hadn't brought this up. And him being like, you're the one who brought it up. You didn't have to bring it up. Me being like, that's 100% true. Craig Olson says, I remember hearing Daniel talk about playing video games and I was curious if there were any that you liked to play. Any game counts, console, computer, cell phone, etc. Um, I like, well, I feel like this is so typical, but I liked Centipede a lot growing up and Pole Position. I really liked. And then I got into Road Rash for a period of time on the PlayStation. And then I also was very into Super Mario Brothers and various Nintendo games. Um, haven't He's tried to, to introduce me to various other games. And sometimes I'll watch him play and I'll think that looks really fun. I wish I could get into it, but I just don't, I don't quite have it in me. 
Becky Milliner, what are your favorite hair products, facial cleanser? Your skin always looks so healthy. Thank you so much. Uh, I am at a loss today because I've lost one of my skin products that I like. My mother-in-law bought it for me, actually. it's I think it's a serum... Um, I'm still unclear exactly what a serum is, but it's Skin Medica, vitamin C and E, something or other. And just indulge this this tangent for just a sec. Growing up, I had a pet cockatiel named Allie because I was five or six when I got her. And I noticed that some adults named their kids after them. So I named her after me. Her name was Allie. She was very sweet. But when you would get her like a new toy or even I, um... There was this like like a white square that looked like chalk that had some kind of minerals that were good for birds in it. And you would put that in the cage and like anything new in her cage, she would go to the opposite side of the cage and just like stare at it suspiciously for the longest time. And then she would kind of slowly warm up to it and then be into it, whether it was like a little mirror toy or, you know, there's... I'm sure bird toys have come a long way, but they hadn't really then. So whatever you put in her cage that was new, she had to have her avoid it and then warm up to it process. And this is kind of how I am with new things I buy. So my mother-in-law swears by this Skin Medica serum thing, sent it to me, and it's pretty expensive. And it sat in a box on my desk for months and months and months. And then finally, I'm like, I'm going to give this a try. And then now I'm super into it. It has silicone in it and it just like it's it feels really smooth and good on your skin. I'm not sure that it's what it's actually doing. I don't feel like it's preventing me from aging because I think I am aging. I think it's just happening. It's nature's taking its course. But anyway, circa today I can't find it. I think Elliot was playing with it. And uh I'm a I'm a bit at a loss without it. So I'm going to have to find it or buy a new one. Or buy a new one and then find it. That's probably what will happen. And also, I've recently discovered a new hair product. It's called Color Wow Dream Coat. It's sort of like a Brazilian treatment that you can do at home that lasts two to three washes. You, you wash your hair, towel dry it, and then you spray this stuff all over your hair. And then you blow it dry. And it lasts two to three shampoos. And it keeps your hair really smooth. And I'm afraid that some report is going to come out saying, I feel like any of this stuff, it turns out that it has chemicals that are bad for you. So I'm using it now until it turns out that I can't use it anymore. I just feel like that might happen. I don't know. And I use Clinique soap for my face, which I think is drying, but I haven't found another cleanser that I like. And I use CeraVe, which is a drugstore moisturizer. I've only recently started moisturizing. My entire life, I was just trying to fight zits. And when I was 13... I or 14, I don't know, when I was a teenager. I'm beginning to suspect that when I cite what age I was, according to it, like this happened at this age, I'm beginning to feel like what if all of my ages are wrong? What if I've been inadvertently lying the entire time? But anyway, it was high school. And instead of having like one or two zits, I all of a sudden for real had acne. Um, The capital A and a capital N. It was a very bizarre spelling, but it was along my chin and like jawbone just a lot a lot of spots and it freaked me out and my dad uh who's a doctor told me and by the way what makes him an authority quoting my therapist again what makes him the authority is is what she said 
And just to overexplain, I think what she, I don't think she actually meant what makes him the authority. I think she meant why is he still the authority to you? Which is a very, very fair question. One of these days I will have some kind of new hairstyle and we'll know that I have finally grown up. So he had me call uh, a dermatologist that he knew. And that guy told me, dry your face out as much as possible. So that has always stuck in my head as the way to prevent zits is to get your skin as dry as possible. So I keep, you know, for a thousand years, I've been reading if you, you know, skin that's too dry can break out as well. And if you don't moisturize, that's a problem too. But I don't believe it. I do not believe it. I believe that if you're trying to prevent zits, moisturizing is neutral at best. Now, maybe it can improve the appearance of your skin, but it's not going to help with your zits. Although I do think some moisturizers won't cause zits. But anyway, I've now reached the age where I actually do need to moisturize and my face is pretty dry and I don't break out that much. I will get the occasional zit, but it's not, not, it's not like it was. So not that I ever had really bad acne except for that period of time before I dried the fuck out of my face. But anyway, my, I keep my skin fairly dry, started using moisturizer. Thank you for the question. Moving on to questions from Twitter. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Zach Mercer says, where would you like to take the show in a distant future, in the distant future? Any big plans or ideas for expansion? Well, for a while now, my hope has been to start videoing the recordings and putting those up on YouTube. And in my mind, it's like when we move into a house, which we're trying to do, I mean, one of the things I'm looking for in a house is a place to do the podcast where we can set up cameras and stuff. I do think it would be possible to do it here, though. There's an expense involved. I mean, that's hopefully what Patreon is going towards. But... There's the expense involved. There's the finding the person who would edit it and like put it together. Uh, By the way, if that might be you, get in touch with me. If you are someone who is good with that kind of stuff and and interested in in being my blue band, it's your mom's house reference, uh, let me know. But yeah, that's that's the next big thing with the podcast is, is videoing it. Tracy says, I just want to hear more imitations of your old pretend phone from the Ustream show. I can do that. So when I used to do the show on Ustream, I had this little, it looked like a little cell phone, a little Nokia cell phone, but it was from a toy store and it played different sound effects. And there was one that I liked to play. And then we would do, I know this makes no sense to people who haven't seen it, but it was just, it was a thing, you guys. We would do the wavy pencil dance, which is where I'm not going to explain it. You could just look it up. It's on, it's on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, the sound effect that I would play to go along with that sounded like this. For those who are still listening, I have more questions. Ashley says, in what way do you think your life would be different if you had actually had twins? I was uh, initially pregnant with twins, and then one decided it did not 
want around eight weeks, it said, I have better things to do than be born via you or anyone really. I mean, depending on how you look at the afterlife and whatnot. So anyway, I, uh, I just had my little Elliot instead of Elliot and his sister or brother. I was, I was freaking out when I thought I was going to have twins. I knew I wanted two kids and I thought, well, I'm getting them, but I did not want them at the same time. And how the hell am I going to raise, how the, how am I going to handle two newborns? And I specifically, the thing that I was worried about was how am I going to get both of them out of the house, down the stairs and into the car that seemed insurmountable. And I was Googling different rap things where they, where you can like, and I can, I don't really have the strength to put Elliot in a carrier for an extended period of time. So I don't know how I thought I was going to have two babies dangling off my body. But yeah, I, if my, if, if I had had twins, I think that I would probably have more help because I think that that's just what you do when you have twins. You just need, I think you need like four adults for per two babies. <laughs> um, I, it would probably take me even longer to launch the podcast with Fitzsimmons. I don't know if we would maybe be in a house faster out of necessity, but yeah, life would probably be the same. I would just be more freaked out. Kelly says, if you got another dog that wasn't a Cavalier, which breed would you choose? That is a fun question. I do think I will probably, our next dog I'll probably adopt. But you with like Pet Finder and all those various services or websites, you can sort of select which breed and then find them in shelters. Um, I, I haven't done a ton of research. I don't know. I do think papillons are very cute and they seem sweet and well-tempered. So I like papillons. Pomeranians, I think, are also cute, but a little crazy. Um, growing up, we had a poodle named Woofy. <laughs> and I Woofy was very smart and and sweet. And I really, I loved Woofy. They do have that poodle hair though. So I'd have to get his hair straightened, which is a lot of upkeep. I I like chihuahuas. But sometimes they can be mean. So I don't know if that, I don't know what creates a mean chihuahua. Because I'd rather, if I were to get one, I'd rather not have a mean one. But I'd probably get some kind of little mixed dog. Unless we had a huge yard and the ability to have some kind of big dog. But I suspect it'll be a small dog. John Lopez says, what's something that Daniel Quantz likes that you just don't understand the appeal of? Good question. Mm, sports. Although I do, you know, intellectually understand the appeal of sports. I understand rooting for a team, but I just, I, I, I like pretty much don't get it. I'm trying to think of something else. I think he's okay with sauerkraut, which I'm not into. Oh, he likes all kinds of mint flavored stuff. Not a fan. He's very much into peppermint bark. Although that's sweet enough that I probably would like that. I, d I, I don't eat peppermint bark because I j tend to not like mint. But I feel like if it was a desert and the only thing to eat was peppermint bark, which what a weird situation to find myself in, I could probably make do. Nicole says, are you still on Lexapro? I tried to start it for postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, but I got so sick from it. 
I'm curious what kind of sick you got, Nicole. I had um, stomach pain at the beginning of it, but then my doctor suggested I take an antacid and that helped with that a lot. And I kind of worked through it. But um, yes, I am currently still on it, but I'm tapering off of it. I started at, well, I started ramped up really slowly. So I started at like 2.5 and then I was on five for a while. I got up to 20, um, which was supposed to just be temporary. And I couldn't wait to get off. I couldn't wait to go back down because I was tired all the time. And also I felt like it was affecting my weight. I don't know if it was, but I felt like at 20 it was. So then I started going back down. Um, I just went from 10 to 7.5 two nights ago. I was doing really well on 10 and noticing that I had a lot more energy because I didn't associate it with Lexapro, but there was a big period of time where every day it was I would get up and all I could wait to do was go back to sleep and I would go back to sleep and if I could have slept for like six more hours I would if I could have slept 14 hours a day I would have and I've never been that tired in my life I'm someone who enjoys sleep and never gets enough of it so I'm excited to sleep but I've never been someone who needs or who has like who 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 feels like 12 hours isn't enough. I was like, there's something off about this. It must just be what being a mom is like. But I don't think so. I think it's what being on Lexapro for some people is like. It just made me, I felt like I was kind of sleepwalking through. I was, well, I was going to say I felt like I was sleepwalking through life, but that's not exactly accurate because it wasn't like I was just going through the motions and I was numb. It was like I was just really sleepy. I was aware of life and present for it, but really, really felt like I really needed to go back to bed. So I'm very happy that that has gone away. And I think that that was a side effect of Lexapro, for me at least. So I don't know what's going to happen when I completely go off of it. Um, the, I know what the professionals think might happen, which is that they, they're, they're not a, a fan of this idea, really. They're not a fan of me being unmedicated totally, but feel like it's fine to try it. So because I am trying to get pregnant again, I figure, let me just see what happens if I am, you know, it'd be, it'd be, I would feel more comfortable, even though everyone's like, just, you can keep taking it. It's fine. I would personally be more comfortable not being on something when I get pregnant. And if, but, but if I am struggling, I will go back on it right away because it did help me a ton. Jeff Falvey says, does crashing season three mean your podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons isn't happening? Hell no. It's definitely happening. As I said, as I said before, it's happening. We are talking about song lyrics and logos right now. Penny Lane, how's the house hunting going? It is going. I think it's just that we want too much out of a house. We each have our lists of what we need from a house and we're probably not going to find it. Or if we do, it's going to be in some area we don't want to live in. Um, it's just like we want it all. We want enough space. We want enough rooms. We want enough bathrooms. We want a place for me to do my podcast to do. We want a place that we can put our desks. We want it to be in a neighborhood that we want to live in. We want, I want, I want a nice kitchen. Like that's very important to me. Um, layout wise. And I don't know. I, we're both going to have to, we know we're going to have to compromise because we're just not going to find something that has everything that we want. Like I look at these people who move into a 900 square foot house and I think, how do you do that? 
how do you do that? <laughs> I think because I work from home, it's just so, it, it, I need this house to be doing a lot. So, I don't know. We're spoiled. We have a gigantic apartment with a very small kitchen. But, you know, we have a lot of space here and we're, and we're used to it. But it's up a flight of stairs, which is a real pain in the ass when you have a child. So, I don't know. We're still looking. We did recently find two houses, both of which would be okay. We, we decided not to go for them. But if we needed to, I think we would be, have been happy in either of those houses. Um, one has a pool, though. And that, as much as I used to always want a pool, now with a kid, it just makes me nervous. So anyway, Eric Aragon says, would you like to see a reboot of the Facts of Life? Discuss. Yes, 100%. I feel like discuss, if I'm going to discuss, I would acknowledge that there's pitfalls of rebooting and uh, it might not be as good. But I wait now. Do you mean reboot like the Roseanne reboot, like the same cast and everything? Because yes, 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 yes. Or do you mean doing the same show with different people? Because also yes to that. Although, what if I don't like it as much? But yeah, I let's let's do it, people. Let's get it going. Lee Bruns, do you plan to keep up with the dance training since it seems to be a big hit with friends and audience? I was on Jimmy Pardo's podcast-a-thon recently, and uh, he asked me about how the dancing went in San Francisco, and next thing I knew, I, he had asked me to dance. And I said, I haven't thought about it since San Francisco. I don't know if it's going to come back to me, but it came back to me, and I had a ton of fun, and I thought, well... I'm, am I a one trick pony? I don't know because here I am doing this, this stuff again, but it's pretty fun and people like it a lot. It really says, Hey, I'm going to dance. Nothing, nothing like dancing for people says, Hey, I'm going to dance for you, you know? So I don't know. Maybe I really should keep up with it. But I think if I were to go back to dance lessons, it would be tap dance lessons because that's what sent the crowd over the top. It was when I did the wee bit of tapping. So I need to, I need to find a tap dance teacher. If you teach tap and you're in LA or know someone who does, let me know. Andy says, if you had 24 hours where carbs, fats, calories, sugars, etc., weren't detrimental to your health or psyche, what would you eat? This is a fun question. Let me think. Snapchat. Here are some things I would eat. Fettuccine Alfredo. Pesto. Those are two things I haven't had in a really long time. Angel food cake. Even though cake-wise, angel food cake is not the most fattening, um, but also I haven't had it in a while. When I was pregnant, I bought an angel food cake mix. Never made it. I did make lasagna. And I'm not a lasagna person, but I was in an... I mean... Who's not a lasagna person, really? But what I'm saying is lasagna is not a thing I tend to crave, but Daniel likes it a lot. So I was nesting, and I made lasagna a few times. It's I had never made it. It's surprisingly easy. But I gained um, between 70 and 80 pounds when I was pregnant, and I've lost almost all of it. 
I mean, it took me a long time. It, I, we're now a year out from when I was pregnant. So it did not happen immediately. But I'm glad that I'm almost where I was when I got pregnant. There's still a few pounds that are clinging on. But I, um, I trust that they will still be here probably when I get pregnant. But anyway, I'm almost where I was. So, so that's good. But I think the beginning of all of that weight glomming on was those fucking lasagnas. And also I'm remembering that I made a cake lasagnas and cake. That stuff will pack on the pounds. Okay. What else would I eat? Oh, uh, seize candy, scotch kisses. Those also aren't that fat. They're like 60 calories a piece. I mean, it's just pure sugar and some fat. Those are so good. What else? Pecan praline ice cream, whipped cream, um, I'm trying to think what else do I deny myself? Oh, well, bread and butter. I think I would fill up on bread and butter and then I'd be like, why am I doing this? This is, well, no bread and butter. Yeah. I, I would get into that. Um, I'm going to say things like cheese, meat, nuts. No, I don't. I, those are things that I like, but I don't like them enough. Like to me at a restaurant when it's like, cheese or dessert fuck you dessert they're not the same and i remember being in europe and thinking i'll just be refined and just have cheese instead of dessert and thinking this is not hitting the spot it's again for me not the same so um i think you know in a quesadilla oh maybe i'd have a quesadilla too in a quesadilla what i like best is the tortilla it's all about the doughy, bready stuff for me. This silence is me thinking about cakes and carbs and whatnot. And it, like it wouldn't be a brownie and it wouldn't be chocolate. Um, and it wouldn't be cheesecake. It's easier, it's easier for me to state the carbs that it wouldn't be. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I, I think that's, I think what I said is what it would be. I could go for a blondie. Go for a blondie. It wouldn't be creme brulee either. Okay. Stephanie says, hashtag gal chat. Gal chat. What do you do with your hair while you sleep? Leave it down, put it in a bun, etc. I just leave it down. Um, I am uncomfortable sleeping with it in anything other than just down. I remember sleeping in rollers as a kid a few times and not sleeping well. So yeah, I just leave it down. What do you guys do when you sleep? I did recently get a silk pillowcase off of Amazon. Perhaps I'll put a link to it in this episode summary. By the way, you guys, anytime I mention a product, uh, I put an Amazon link to it in the episode summary. So if you want to get anything that you've heard on this show, just click through the link right there. It's right there for your convenience. It was it was a cheap silk, silk pillowcase, and I was like, "This is gonna make a world of difference for my hair," because that's what I was told by lady magazines, and it did, did not make a difference in my hair. I don't know if I didn't splurge enough for like the highest end one. I don't know, but anyway, but it is nice and soft. Bex says, and this is the last question, you guys. Look at us whipping through the questions. What's something you can't wait to do with Elliot once he's old enough to do said thing? 
I'm excited to take him to see animals at a zoo or a petting farm. And I think he's almost at the age where that would, that would work for him though. But when I, I just can't wait to have conversations with him. But that's not really answering your question. I think probably traveling. Traveling somewhere. Like we haven't traveled with him at all yet because traveling with a baby just seems like something you only do out of necessity, not enjoyment. So we have not done that yet. But I look forward to him being at an age where it makes sense to take him to, to show him, you know, all sorts of places. I think it'd be fun to take him to Europe and also other places. But Europe specifically was the one I, I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's that it was around this time a couple of years ago that Daniel and I went to Europe and I would like to go there again, but it doesn't make sense with a little baby. So I justified in my, in my mind is like, we should plan a trip for when he's older but it's really more about me wanting to go there. But I think that's okay. Should we do some just me or everyone, you guys? Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Ken Farley says, is anyone else dying to meet the pets of public figures? It started for me with Neil Gaiman's dog, Cabal. How about Veronica Belmont's dog, Bodega? Georgia's cats, Elvis and Mimi. All the Wheaton critters, Emily and Kumail's cat, Bagel. Am I alone with this one? I doubt you are. I've heard from people that when they see Wendy in public, it is like a little celeb sighting. (laughs) I've heard from people, you know, like Jeff. Uh, and other people who are who are familiar with Wendy and who are coming on the show and see her outside. It's not like a ton of people see her outside. But still, yeah. Who wouldn't want to meet cute creatures of people that you follow? Sooner Magic says, Every time I hear clapping in a noisy restaurant, I'm afraid it's the wait staff getting ready to do a happy birthday routine. Yes, it so frequently is. But would you rather overhear it or would you rather be the recipient of it? Danielle Lynn says, eat at least 95% of the popcorn at the movies before the previews are over. Uh, I think you got you to gotta make a rule for yourself. And the rule is I don't start eating until the movie starts. I remember when I would go to the movies as a kid with my mom, choosing candy was like one of the... Sheer joys of going to the movies. And then I remember going to the movies with friends when I was a teenager. I'm going to say I was 14, but again, as, as, uh, stated and discovered earlier in the podcast, I might be making this up all the time, but I do think it was 14. Going with friends and none of them bought concessions. And I was like, what is going on? It was a rude awakening. It was like, hey, you're a teenage girl. Now you don't get concessions. What movie did we... And, and also realizing like, oh, I think we're seeing a scary movie. I don't know if I want to see a scary movie. I really... I wanted to like eat candy in a comedy, not, not eat candy in a scary movie. And lastly, because we're running out of time, 
Demian Cordova says, sometimes got to go number two, but I'm not near a bathroom. Hold so long that I forget to use bathroom when it's available. Have to go number two again and no bathroom available. I am sorry if you guys are hearing paper flapping around. I am unsure if I've ever needed to go number two and then the urge has gone away and then needed to again. I mean, I'm sure sh- sh- that sounds like a perfectly reasonable bathroom situation. I'm sure that has happened. But I would question the authenticity of that first needing to go sensation. Like, where did it go? Or maybe it's maybe I maybe I've gone soft, you guys, because I work from home so I can pretty much use a bathroom close to when I need to. Not exactly when I need to, because having a child really puts a cramp in that or a crimp as it is it cramp or crimp. Let me know. Uh, But yeah, it's hell for me is like, oh, no, I really need to go. And there's only this public restroom and there's only I'm at a coffee house and there's only one stall. And what if there's a line? And I brag about the fact that I can pretty much go anywhere. I'm not a delicate flower who has to not use a public restroom, who can't use a public restroom. College broke me of that. In fact, people who can who can only go at home, if you went away to college, what did you do? Did you hold it all semester? So college broke me of that. I can go anywhere, but I don't relish the op. I don't want to go. have to go anywhere. And just one more thing about shit. So that's the end. I can kind of, from the feeling of needing to go, I have a sense of like what we're talking about commitment wise. Like this is going to be an in and out situation. And I don't mean an in and out situation like the kind you have after eating in and out. I just mean like zip in, zip out. It's going to be, and it's going to be clean. Or like this is hold my calls, do I have enough toilet paper, etc. Certainly, that's a real just me or everyone. I can't be the only one, right? Now, occasionally you'll be surprised. Occasionally something happens in there that is not what you, and then you feel betrayed by your own body. Um. I really, I really, if that happens at like the mall or something, I'm very, I'm very upset by that because then it's like, I was not, I didn't go into this with the right attitude, but now here we are, you know? Okay. You guys, I'm sorry to end on a disgusting note. Uh, I'd like to point out, remind you again, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. Go check it out. Some of the posts have been made public so you can like get a sense of, of what it is. Uh, I should probably make more of them public so you can get more of a sense. Um, But it's really fun. It's a wonderful community and I love my Patreon people and it's just super fun. And um, what else can I say about it? So much more, but I'm not going to. You have to pay to hear it. Just kidding, but not. Uh, And um, follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Instagram at Allison Rosen. Facebook at the Allison Rosen. Go to my website, alisonrosen.com. Uh, and then you can find all the social stuff to follow me on there. 
and uh, shirts, ringtones, etc. Thank you guys so much for all these questions. This was fun. I, I hope it was fun for you. Oh, hello. I forgot to mention something huge. It's not that big, but it's big-ish. Which, and now I realize I've been forgetting to mention it on shows lately, which is no good. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, leave an, we do iTunes comment of the week. We haven't done it in a little while, so it's time to do it again. Leave us your comments. Good ones are preferable. Uh, and click five stars. It helps the show. You know what? I don't mean to say, I don't mean to tell you what to do. Leaving a review and a, and a rating helps the show. Whatever you feel is, uh, is merited. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 